This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia, and we are powered by Podmetrics. Podmetrics is a platform we use to get all the data we need for our show, from who listens to us all the way to where they are. Podmetrics takes care of all of that so we can make better content for you. You can even integrate Podmetrics with Facebook and YouTube so you can get more data from your live streams. So, if you're a podcaster or want to start your podcast, go visit podmetrics.co and sign up for free. Use our code DOGBEHINDHUMAN. You're trying to help an animal, they make it as difficult as they possibly can. It's it really, really, really hard. Wow. <laughs> uh, at some point, I think it's almost the same in here. Hi, this is Dog Coach Francis. And this is Tina Ryan, joining you guys here in the Dog Behind the Human. This show is powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Enjoy! Tina, hello and hello everyone. Welcome to the Dog Behind the Human with me, Dog Coach Francis <laughs> and the fabulous Miss Tina Ryan. Tina, Tina Ryan. I'm getting used to the fabulous ha? panindigan mo na yan. Panindigan mo na yan pati dun sa pananamit mo tsaka lahat, diba? <laughs> pati sa accessories. Anyway, how are you, coach? Doing well, way better than the last time pati yung last episode kasi well, we got a uh, really sad news so medyo still recovering okay, for that. Uh still yeah. recovering kasi nga and then after that, you know what? Yung guesting natin with Raymond the midnight snack. and Denise. Yes. Right. Uh-oh. So, na brought out din yung ganun, no? Na parang about losing a pet. And Uh-oh. it's very odd kasi when I did a webinar for Wells Fargo, and again, everybody on Wells Fargo, thank you so much for inviting me over. Pero, tinong about when we lose a pet, how do we move forward? There's no moving forward. You know. Pero, I mean, there's moving forward, pero parang the pain doesn't really go away. You just learn to live yes. with it, no? Yes. Yeah. Oh, and, oh, oh. Uh, tayo nung mga episode na yun, no? So, oh, oh, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things are looking up. So, uh, and I'm just excited because our guest for this evening took the time out to join us tonight. And I know he's still tired because he did an 18-hour marathon mm-hmm. last Saturday. So we'll have them talk about it as soon as we introduce them. So ladies and gentlemen, we have with us tonight DJ John Robinson and his beautiful daughter Shannon. Hello. Welcome to the show, John and Shannon. Hi, you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. No, thank you for allowing us to have you guys. Okay, first and foremost, I know you're still tired from Saturday. I want to, Shempre, as a friend, I want to brag because my seriously, John, my dream before some magic was to do like something like that for, for as long as I can just like stay there and play music. But you did it for 18 hours straight. It's um, actually, I'm not, I'm not tired from that. It's, um, it's actually more tiring on the normal weekend because usually I do around about a five or six hour broadcast on a Friday night for the Philippines I do that again on a Saturday night. So we end around about three o'clock and then I get up early on a Sunday to do it for North America. So it's on their prime time. So usually after those three, my dog's muckled, as you can see, uh, she wants to play right now. I'm usually more tired on a weekend than I am right now, but I was so happy that the response that we got, we were able to raise um, a lot of money to help the, uh, help the cause that we were, that we were doing this for. Coach, mm. just to give you a quick background, John does this a show called Sanctuary. John, right. you want to tell Coach uh, how Sanctuary came about? Was this during pandemic? Did you have this, you know, in mind before the lockdown? Tell us about it. Um, literally, what happened? I'd been sort of obsessing about covid long before it sort of struck us and we got locked down and i've been following all the tv news and i saw what was going on in italy who got who you know where they got locked down substantially before us and i saw there you know people performing from their balconies and and, and you know 
DJing from their balconies and singing. And I thought, well, if I perform from my balcony here where we live, somebody else will probably throw something at me. So I figured, you know, what could we do? And then had the idea to go online. And this was literally the day prior to the lockdown kicking in here. So I went out, bought uh, an extra webcam. Shannon turned me on to Twitch, which is more of a platform that gamers use to stream. But we figured it would be a good place for us to put the shows on. So I think we kind of trailblazed the DJ streams on Twitch. And it sort of took on a life of its own, wanted to have a name that kind of made sense and had a couple of names. And then Sanctuary just seemed to fit because it was it's a place you go to escape. It's a place you go to be free, if you like. Uh, and, and that's what it was all what it was all about. And then pretty soon after that, we realized that you know, we could use this not just as a platform for an escapism, but for those people who who were in a position to help others, we could use it as a platform to raise funds. So I think from when we started until now, we've probably raised about, I think we're in the region of three and a half million, four million pesos so far for various um, various charities and, and good causes. Wow, that's very impressive. <laughs> that's a whole lot of money. <laughs> well it, it's there's so many people out there suffering and you know we it, it's really sweet because people who watch sanctuary say you know they might donate something quite small and say you know, i'm really sorry this is all mm-hmm. i can afford so, you know you don't have to give anything it's those people if they are in a position to help that's great but if they're not we're kind of there to help them that's what sanctuary was all about so you know whether it's somebody donating 50 pesos or somebody donating 5,000 pesos. It doesn't make any difference. It's just amazing that people are, are, you know, getting behind, you know, the philanthropic aims to try and help people during these dark days, which, which is, I think, something we should all do if we can. You know, um, Coach, uh, his wife, um, Rats, sent me a short clip of the video as they were ending the 18-hour marathon he did. And she literally broke down. And I, wow. as I was watching, I started crying too. Because you, could totally, you could totally feel the, 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 the happiness. It was exuding from all of them. And to have a very supportive wife, it, I guess, like you coached about, I mean, Irene is very supportive. It just makes a whole lot of difference having a wife that supports you you all the way through and not to mention the kids like shannon yeah shannon say no. hi hello. hello there you go <laughs> what was it like when you guys finished the, the marathon were you Oops. uh it was it was overwhelming one for me because my mom isn't much of a crier so <laughs> it was crazy to see her break down and um but my mom has also put almost all her energy into behind the scenes of Sanctuary during lockdown. So my mom is the moderator of the chat. She, she, she's working on Sanctuary the whole week leading into the weekend. She's, and she's just a part of the chat community as everybody else that joins in to watch. So I think for my mom and I, we didn't have the adrenaline high you get from performing. And, but we were modding the stream, literally sitting down for 18 hours watching and making sure auctions were being done right so it was just it was happiness it was exhaustion it was screen delirium but most of all just really happy um about how well it went congratulations again you know what's really amazing i mean shannon and and, and rex were absolutely integral they worked their butts off that you know on um on broadcast day for me to a certain extent i got the easy bit because as shannon said i get the adrenaline i'm there and i'm performing so it's it it, it carries me through but what's what's amazing is you'd think you know when um when i started these things that you know it's difficult to perform when there's no audience but that's um that's not the case the audience is there and I'm very aware that they're there. We had almost 40,000 chat messages on the 18 hour broadcast and how I set it up. I've set up literally a little broadcast studio in the, in the spare room here. And I have a huge monitor in front of me, which is my, 
broadcast out monitor. So I see everything that's going out, but I also superimpose all of the messages there. So I see what's going on. I can react. And that's, that's what gives me energy because I, you know, the people make it really clear to me that they're there and that they're engaged and they're with us. And it's, it's really, it's amazing. So it's kind of been, you know, to a certain extent, well, I mean, we have to adapt, right? So adapting what I do to, you know, to the COVID era, I guess, but um, the, the people are amazing. Well, who came, who came up with the marathon idea? Is it, was it you or you just kind of, you just sort of told yourself, no. I'm just going to go for as long as I can. It was me. We were, I've been talking about it for, for several months during the weekly broadcast. And I think I thought, well, you know, I do 18 hours every weekend. How about I just put it together one weekend and do a, do a marathon for fundraising. And, um, Years ago, I'd had this idea. We were going to go for the world record. This is about 20 years ago when I was much younger. And that back in those days, that was um, 72 hours. It's much longer now. Now, <laughs> I'm not, I can't do that. But nobody's ever done 18 hours in the Philippines. So I thought this is sort of something that we can do that it, it, it should get enough interest that we can raise some money with this and really, really help people. And who we're helping is... Um, there's um, a shelter run by the missionaries of the poor that we've we've helped in the past, and they look after abandoned children with cerebral palsy and abandoned lolos who've got nowhere else to go, and they need funding all the time, you know. So it just it would seem to be you know just a good good thing to do. That's that's awesome, Coach. Yeah, uh, I have a question. Since you've been playing, well, you did DJing for, what, 18 hours straight. What genres were you able to play? Um, What decade uh, did you put in? Because you're trying to capture as many audience as much as possible for that long stretch. So I'm just really curious. What what did you play and how do you uh, try to mix them all up? First of all, 18 hours, we didn't. I didn't repeat a single record. So it Whoa. was it was 18 hours and there was Super nothing played cool. twice. And going into the 18 hours, the only way to sort of make it work for me and also for the audience was to break it down into programming blocks. So I had a, a whole grid set for the 18 hours. I never make playlists. I do everything on feel, but I did do it on programming blocks. So for example, the first two hours was uh, cool beats. It's more like a, a, of a warm up. And then the next hour, if I remember, was Absolute 80s Part 1. The hour after that was Absolute 80s Part 2. And then I think we did All Rise, which is what we do on Saturday nights. It's basically, you know, high-energy anthems, you know, 80s, 90s, 2000s, anything that feels good. And then after that, we did a new wave set, did a disco set, and then later on, you know, an 80s Part 2, a 90s Part 2, a new wave Part 2, and full power at the end. So it was, it was a blast. And actually, you know, I could have... It was supposed to be 18 hours. Actually, I didn't finish until 18 and a half. We kept it going a little bit, but it it could have gone on longer. I, I, I There were still things I hadn't played yet that I wanted to play. Well, I hope you were able to play all of the songs that you haven't even played in a long time. Like, look, I'm sorry. I have a little bugger here. <laughs> <laughs> so- <laughs> well, our, our two have got bored here because we're not playing with them. So if I... Um, <laughs> Lemon's lying down next to me and Bailey's over there sulking because we're not playing with her. I have a legit question, John. How many bathroom breaks did you take during the 18 hours? Um, Oh my gosh. Two. Just Um, two and 18? Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Okay. I'm Uh, like a camel when I'm DJing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Did you have any, like, how did you prep for it? Like, did you sleep? I don't know, like physically, like the night um, before, did you have to have like, oh, I need to get eight hours of sleep so I can do this? Well, I tried to get eight hours. I mean, I never sleep eight hours, but I tried to get eight hours the night before. The only thing I was worried about, um, I wasn't I wasn't feeling 100% the day before, and I wasn't feeling 100% when I woke up, and I was a little bit worried that I was, you know, you coming down with something, but... um you know, two or three hours in and sort of like the adrenaline and the coffee and everything kicked in and um, um, I just loaded up on vitamins and everything was okay. 
did you, did you have plan B, like in case something goes wrong or you get tired, did Shannon have to sing no, along there or was, something? There was no, oh. there was no plan B. There was no option. The only thing, the only sort of break per se, um, Randy Santiago has been a really good friend to the show. We've done, um, this was the fourth time we collaborated. We sort of like sing and put, do a medley of songs and edit it together into like a video. So, we had a new one which we hadn't shown yet, so I showed that, which gave me a chance to um, to go change a T-shirt while the video was playing. So um, I think I showed that once early in the day when USA and Canada were with us, and showed it again later when you know the Philippines were were with us and all. Kale, eighteen hours, coach. Ano kaya ba natin magpat? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think I can do that. Uh, I need to. To use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. All right. Well, yeah. So my video is cutting off a little bit. So I took it off. Anyway, so here's what's going to happen. Uh, well, my question is, Tina, with the short time that she's been co-hosting the show, I think she is stuck in the 80s. I am. What? <laughs> uh, I know where your question's right? going. I know where your question's going. Right, right. So... My question for you is, what genre of music or probably decade that you love best? That's a difficult question to ask a DJ because we always like what's, what's, <laughs> what's new, what's fresh, what we haven't heard before. So it, and it, it took me the longest time before I would even do anything retro. I kind of felt, you know, for the longest time, been there, done that, didn't really want to go back and do it again. And. It wasn't till about, I think, 10 years ago, I got convinced by a good friend of ours who's a friend until now and co-produces Sanctuary for, for the United States and Canada. Um, and she wanted me to do a retro gig in, in San Francisco. So I kind of had to, you know, relearn what I used to do back then. But in terms of what I really like, I mean, I do love, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a DJ, so I like dance music. Um, I like melodic trance. I like house. And of course, I like a lot of the retro stuff as well. Um, but it's more, yeah, trance, I guess, would be what, what I really love. And Shannon, like having yeah. a, like an awesome DJ for a dad, like mm -hmm. how has his music influenced your music? For me, I like a lot of the 80s music that he plays. Um, and I guess it's just embedded in all, all of us. Like my siblings and I all have super different music tastes, but it all started from being woken up on a weekend when my dad's playing music in a studio. Um, as that was our kind of our alarm clock for most of our childhood. So yeah, I don't think it was ever a choice. It just kind of happened. And um, obviously I love to sing and I like write music. My brother is now DJing in London as well. So I think, I think it's in the genes. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh, coach! Uh, wait, John, you have that. I would agree. <laughs> three kids. Uh, okay, um, one is in London, right? What, what's his name again? Uh, Kian. Kian's in London. Kian. Kian's the oldest, right? Yes. Yeah. And then it's Shannon. Yes. And then, uh, oh my and God, Caitlin. why am I having a brain fart? <laughs> Caitlin is the youngest. Caitlin, jeez. So, um, Okay. So Shannon and I are with the dogs and Caitlin has a, a huge fluffy cat that's bonded to her. It doesn't ever, doesn't ever leave her side. What, where's Caitlin now on the cat? Are they in the room? <laughs> oh, they're in, Caitlin's studying. She's got something that's due, but um, later on I can probably grab the cat um, if you want to, if you want to see Sandy as well. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to. Coach? Right. Yeah. So, well, I have a question for Shannon. Um, uh, maybe I'll just throw it before we go on a really quick break. So, Shannon, my question is, do you have any plans following the footsteps of your dad, just like your your other siblings? So before you answer that, we're going on a really quick break. Importante ang mag-save, pero bakit marami ang walang ipon? The answer is because we don't spend enough time in learning practical financial strategies. This is Fitz Villafuerte, a registered financial planner, and I'm inviting you to listen to the 80% podcast, kung saan tuturuan ko kayo kung paano yumaman. 
So join me and let's talk about personal finance on the 80% podcast. And we're back on the dog behind the human. Okay, hanging question for Shannon. Do you have any plans of following uh, your dad's footsteps like he is? Um, so I actually had my first DJ gig Valentine's Day of this year. It went really well. I loved it. It was super sporadic and it kind of fell into my lap, but it was an opportunity to play the music. Like my very acquired taste of um, rock and punk rock music um, for a Valentine's Day event. So, yeah, I did it and I had a great time. And then I booked a few other gigs on Pompichon to follow. And then this whole thing happened. So hopefully we'll try again next year. Oh, that's amazing. So what's it like? I'm not assuming it was your dad, obviously, who taught you. Yes, he did. Oh my God. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm, I'm just really curious. How difficult is it to be a DJ? I mean, I'm 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 stoked. I I, I don't know. I mean, I've been wanting yeah. to be a DJ when I was a kid. But, I've been wanting to. Uh, right. So if somebody who wants to learn to do DJ stuff, right, what's the best way that I can probably start? Uh, like now. Well, you could book private lessons with somebody who um, who could teach you. <laughs> Call me. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> what about the equipment? Like no, right, the, well, it's, the equipment. It's much oh. it's much easier than it used to be. Um, I you know, was the, just the barriers ask. the barriers for entry, you know, it used to be you needed turntables, a mixer, somewhere to practice, and then you needed very deep pockets to be able to buy tons and tons of vinyl. Now you need a controller and a computer, and that's it. And you can get some quite quite cheap controllers to 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 start with to practice on to see if you like it, and then you know work on it from there. You know work your way up. Um, so yeah, the barrier to entry is way way lower than it used to be. Technically, you can teach, you know, you can teach the skills, you can learn the skills really quickly. What you can't teach anybody is the musical knowledge and the and the the feel you know that's something unique to each and every one which can't you know can't be taught that's something you just have to you figure out for yourself like shannon i didn't teach shannon to mix per se because she had a very clear idea of what she wanted to do she wanted to play this sort of like emo punk rock type stuff and these songs are most <laughs> You know, mostly you want to start them from the beginning. You want to let them go and then drop in another. So it's teaching Shannon how to how to drop mix in the right places and so on. And so, um, yeah, you pick that up really quickly, I think. Okay. Well, now that times have changed because of, you know, obviously COVID, is, is, that, something you're, uh, is that something you're considering? Like if somebody wants to learn, can you teach online by any chance? Is that even possible? If no, it, proper equipment? It, 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 it is possible. Um, and it is something I was, before all this happened, we had looked at putting up, um, well, you know, got more than just the initial stages. It was going to do something called Superstar DJ Academy and was actually going to start something. But, you know... <laughs> It seems these days, every time anybody starts to talk about something, there's this, there's this, but, and then we all know what happened next. So, um, but yeah, it, I could teach somebody how to, how to DJ um, over over something like this or Zoom or whatever. Coach, we have hope. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but we're not uh, hopeless. And I don't think... Gaya, <laughs> Gaya. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> um, uh, John, how long have you stayed here in the Philippines? And how did you learn to speak Filipino? Because a lot of our probably viewers or um, people who doesn't know that Filipino would be very curious. At. This time I've been here um, about two and oh, well, two years and a bit. Um, lived here before a couple of times for about four years each. And I for the most part, taught myself. Um, Rax never really taught me, and she would, she wouldn't mind me saying that. Because she, 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 she knows she didn't. But I just kind of, for the most part, self-taught, just picked it up. 
Wow. <laughs> uh, Shannon's dog is freaking out because she can hear your dog, Tina. I think that's your dog that's oh, crying, I'm is sorry. it? Yeah, because <laughs> we, we put a cray. Hold on. Baby. <laughs> Well, since uh, you're showing your dogs now, maybe we can um, talk about your dogs and who Excuse are me, these uh, beautiful dogs that you got, uh, John? Well, just switch the camera around so you can see them properly. All right, let's see them. So let's uh, let's do this. Let me go up here, select the camera, come down here, and facing back. And with a bit of luck, um, oh, there you go. There we go. So this one is, this is Shannon's dog. This is Lemon. Uh-huh. Yes, and Lemon is a what? He's a half pit bull, half Dudley Labrador. And Dudley Labs just when they have um, no pigment in their skin or their eyes. So he's kind of like an albino. <laughs> I'm pushing in here because she wants the attention as well. This is my dog. This is Bailey. And Bailey is really can't understand why we're not playing with her right now. <laughs> <laughs> and Bailey is a Labrador or or a she's golden, golden retriever. retriever. Yeah, she's golden retriever. Oh. She's um she's not quite two yet, all approaching two. Oh, very playful still. Uh, I uh, well for Actually, everybody who's listening, for, for um, Bailey's for, trying to start a game of tug or fetch. I think because Bailey's is, holding her toy in her mouth. For a la for a for a retriever, she's actually particularly chilled she's the most chilled one we've ever had you know she'll have a little play a couple of times a day but for the most part she just wants to be near you and be you know have a hug and be stroked she's a very sweet one very yeah, sweet she comes girl. alive at night for a couple of hours yeah it's quite nocturnal this one all right oh my question next about the dogs is um, what made you choose well uh, a golden retriever or a dudley labrador mixed with a golden well, shall I go first, and then I'll let Shannon answer us. I'll switch the camera back over if you like. All right. Um, okay, John, you go first. I've I've always, you know, when I was a kid, the first dog that we had was um, Golden Labrador. And sorry, I'm still getting the camera switched back over. There we go. The <laughs> first dog we had was a Labrador, and then since then, I've always had um, Labs or Retrievers. Pretty much for the most part, Retrievers. I just I love the character of golden retriever and it's not to say i don't love other dogs i absolutely do and you know um i love the idea of maybe having a sheep dog or a collie type you know very playful cat you know it's very smart and things to do but because i've always had um retrievers and i know what they're not like and i you know i love their personalities there's something in something inside of me that holds me back when choosing another one that's um i can't I, I can't not be without a retriever. Just looking at her here, she's just such a such a good girl. I, I, love, I love retrievers. I'll let Shannon go about about her Dudley lab. All right, Shannon. Yeah, I didn't really pick Lemon. Um, so two years ago, I had lost my my dog Belle. She was she's quite young. She was eight, but she got really sick. Um, so unfortunately she passed in April when I was living in Austin and then I thought it was going to be two years without a dog because you just can't get over the loss of that one. Um, mm -hmm. but so I started volunteering. Oh, what happened? I uh -oh. started that volunteering at, um, <laughs> what's going on here? I don't know. There we go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Um, yeah, I started volunteering at a shelter just to walk the dogs and be around dogs again. So, yeah, I applied for this one dog that wasn't Lemon and she got Parvo and passed as well. So then I really swore myself off trying to get a dog for a while. Um, and then there was this one night where I got an email update from a different shelter that was mm -hmm. actually a kill shelter and they had a picture of this puppy saying that this puppy was going to get put down in 48 hours if no one came to adopt him so that is how i met lemon i drove two or three hours to this country town in texas um i picked him up and that's just kind of how we met yeah <laughs> oh that's so sweet um is getting qualified to adopt lemon uh, that difficult um, in the shelter? Because I think each shelter has their own protocol, right? 
Yeah, so the Austin Pets Alive is the best shelter in Austin, and it would be hard to adopt a dog from them. Um, But this shelter was like a really sketchy kill shelter that um, was all for profit. So it Mm. wasn't the best feeling giving them money, but at the same time, they were going to put down six or seven puppies. So um, we rallied a bunch of people together and eight puppies saved their lives that day. (laughs) It was worth it. Right. So, well, good for you. And thank you for uh, being a hero for Lemon and, well, (laughs) uh, for the other dogs in that shelter. Because, well, at least here in the Philippines, what we want is also also adopt, don't shop. But again, my advocacy is different. Uh, My advocacy is adopt at least one. Okay, so go to a shelter, adopt at least one, whether that's an Aspen, that's a golden retriever or a beagle or a cross of some sort. Adopting from a shelter at least one, maybe it's too much, right? So you can have as many dogs, as many purebreds as you want, but please, people, adopt at least one. Uh, Adopting one dog will change a life. Right, so Tina. There you go. No, um, for uh, for the listeners here in Manila, we, we don't do we have kill shelters, or do you want to explain, Coach or Channel, what a kill shelter is? Because um, I don't think it's very, uh, it's it's popular. Here right. So, Shannon, go. go. <laughs> kill shelters. Some some are for profit. Some are still non profit. They just don't have the means or the space to house that many dogs. So. If there's a dog that got picked up and it had been there for, say, two years and they were full up and they rescued some more dogs, they would eventually um, euthanize these dogs because they had nowhere to go to and they wanted to create space for a dog that could actually get adopted. Right. So here in the Philippines, we do have shelters, but most of them are also kill shelters, meaning that they have to put the dogs down because... Well, they need to free up space. And actually, not just shelters, but more of pounds. That's what we have here. Each city is required to have their own pound. So you can just imagine if you go to Mandaluyong, if you go to Pasig, even in Manila, and here in Paranaque, where I'm at, there are a lot of dogs that are being picked up by the dog pound and being put to sleep. And there are a few shelters or sanctuaries, actually, as uh, they are called, wherein there's a no-kill for those dogs. But however, they are still spending so much money because it's a bottomless pit. Um, Animal welfare is a a tough gig. And uh, some dogs are, well, they just keep on coming, right? So what we can do is just really educate people on trying to be uh, much more responsible. So one of those uh, no-kill shelter here in the Philippines is Philippine Animal Rescue Team, but also known as uh, Phoenix Legacy uh, of Compassion. I think that's the name of the group. So they're one of the few no-kill shelters here in the Philippines. But anyway, anyway. John, uh, would you would you consider raising funds one of these days? For like maybe an animal shelter, did we you, can. Did you... We can. We can. We can talk about that. What I was going to say is um, earlier on, you mentioned about is it hard to qualify to adopt a dog, and that was something which was bizarre. We looked into adopting one animal in England, and it's 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 insane. They um, they uh, want to do a a home inspection, which I mean, to a certain extent that I can understand, but then interview everybody in the family, financial disclosure. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost more difficult to adopt an animal in England than it is a person. It's, it, it's, it's, it's trying to help, you're trying to help an animal. They make it as difficult as they possibly can. Yeah. It's it really, really, really harsh. Wow. <laughs> Uh, at some point, I think it's almost the same in here. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to avoid the dogs going back into abuse. So I think that's uh, yeah. that's why they're doing it. But maybe they could just probably lax a little bit and get more dogs adopted. At least that's just my opinion. 
Yeah, there's there's, there's got to got got to be a, some give and take there. I think. Yes, I think that was for a puppy as well, right? It was for Belle. I think of... so. Yeah, I think when we were looking for a dog for for Shannon, we were looking to adopt one, um, and they just made it as as difficult as they could. So we ended up buying one. We just couldn't, you know. We oh, in, in the time we were trying to do the right thing, but you know, we just. And we had a decent sized house, and you know, we're working, but it's, and it's just, just, it was so, 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 so time consuming and difficult. So we tried, we absolutely tried. Wow. Well, since we're on, we're on the subject of uh, England, you want to do barking news, coach? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. let's do it. So let's uh, do a quick news and also, um, oh, wait, I think I lost, uh, I, I lost. John, John and Shannon. Shannon. Okay, they're back. Anyway, there okay. you go. So John and Shannon <laughs> will do the parking news real quick. And okay. we'd also like to get your opinions on the news. A company is offering to pay someone up to 30,000 pounds a year to walk and look after the boss's four-legged friend. London-based law firm Joseph Hage Aronson LLP has placed an advert for a personal assistant slash dog walker role, which is a predominantly non-desk-based position. Now, the business says it's willing to pay between 20 to 30,000 pounds a down-to-earth self-starter. Now, according to the, the advert, the firm needs someone to support a member of its senior leadership team. Now, they're looking for some of the previous experience in an assistant slash errand running role and who knows how to handle dogs. John, how much is that in pesos? <laughs> Roughly 30,000 um, pounds. Uh, 30,000 uh, pounds a year. Um, good question. Um, so yeah. it's about 2.2 million approximately, I yeah. think. About 2 right. million, I think. 2 million. I can yeah. do that. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I, I, think, I do that. I think the stand in line. I think Shannon will be ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> it was Shannon. You got a whole, a whole uh, different, uh, like uh, more things to come here in the country. Can I just take it instead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll let you have this one. <laughs> but then, my God, but to to walk a dog uh, and earn that much, I and if you, I guess if you love dogs, I wouldn't call it a job. I'd say it's a bonus. <laughs> well, it's not right. the best kind of job when you when you do something that <laughs> that you would do for free, but you get paid for doing it. Right, right. Which, oh, which ironically, amazing. I've ended up doing what I do for free since February of this year. <laughs> <laughs> But that will go back to you tenfold to stay single. Oh, I mean, good. like, it's like how many tickets and bonus points to heaven you earned during the lockdown, you know, think of it that way, right? <laughs> so, Coach, any more questions before we go to Zoomies? Uh, well, what's, uh, the, what's your plan since, um, well, we're still on lockdown, um, still no parties, um, Oh, I think it's, it's still not allowed to have parties, even with families and friends. But I'm pretty sure some people actually do sneak around, um, still doing karaoke, I guess, with some Filipinos. But in general, <laughs> it's still not allowed. So where do you think is or what is the next thing for for you, John, uh, doing your DJ? Do you plan to continue doing um, online shows or already started? Already started with that. I've done about uh, five or six of these so far, um, whether they're, um, you know, when it's like a, a symposium of doctors or somebody has a birthday party or a, a company would usually bring its staff together for a big party. Um, I've done a whole. So, yeah, it's probably it's more than six, actually. So learning what I've learned doing these things on a weekly basis, it's now a good skill set to have. And we're able to do, we're able to offer these to, to corporate clients so that they can, they can bring all their staff together and have fun, even if they're geographically apart. Like virtually, mm. you know, but what, yeah. fun. I was it's, about, it's been really effective. 
I, I was about to say being in your industry and like, obviously we, we have a few common friends in your industry as well. What would you advise them since, you know, uh, gatherings are not allowed right now. I mean, to, to like make a living Mm because everything's been put on hold. Well, I think it's a little bit more difficult for musicians than it is. I'm in a sort of probably slightly better off in that respect because it's just me. Technologically, I can put something together quite easily now um, myself. And the way I perform, there's a lot of interaction, et cetera, et cetera. For musicians, it's really hard. You know, number one, you've got to get everybody together. And number two, it's really hard to get a mix sounding good to broadcast live. So it's very difficult for other people in, you know, related sort of showbiz world. Really, really difficult. Yeah, I have another another question. Since we're doing everything online now, have you ever tried to go back to old school DJing using vinyl? Because vinyl records is having a resurgence. I mean, more and more people, more people are now interested in getting hold of the actual physical copy of the music. So do you think you're still interested in doing old school or do you think the the new method, the modern method of mixing is easier? Absolutely no interest whatsoever. (laughs) Um, Not the the answer I expected. (laughs) Zero interest. Been there, done that, would be the way I look at it. Um, I can still I can still mix on vinyl, but I used to go back and forth to Japan every weekend carrying 25 kilos under each arm and pretending (laughs) they didn't weigh anything. I don't want to go back to that. And I always like to embrace the latest technology. Now it's doing this stuff online with green screens and visuals and backgrounds and interaction. But technologically, it if a song doesn't have a break in it, you know, I would like the ability with the, with the new tools to create a break on the fly, to create a loop and let a record mix for two minutes rather than just like the little 10 second window that you would have on a record. So no, absolutely no interest <laughs> at all. Yeah. She's, she's got the records, but yeah. Okay. I think we got your answer, but definitive enough. <laughs> and, and Shannon, you seem you seem to be the one taking interest to do vinyl. Yeah. Is that right? Uh, not so much to DJ with vinyl, but I think it started when I turned seventeen or eighteen. I I wanted to officially start buying my music on vinyl and just having just having that be. The thing I spend my money on instead of, instead of um, downloading or streaming. Obviously, I still oh. use Spotify when I'm out from my out on my runs or whatever. But when I'm at home, I try to stick to vinyl, and I eventually pushed my brother onto it as well. And now he DJs with vinyl. So, <laughs> how many records do you have today? Your in your collection? Hard to even say. Um, I I have them. A to Z alpha, um, in alphabet order, and I think I have four or five shelves full. I can't even wow. display all of them. So. Wow. They're just, they're just wishing, I think, that I didn't get rid of my collection. But isn't there a, isn't there a weird bit of irony here in that I'm the old dude who embraces everything <laughs> digital, Gosh. and my son and daughter are the ones. I mean, he's spinning on vinyl, and yeah. she plays vinyl at home. There's something a bit... Bit, bit, bit back, back, backside down going on here. <laughs> and what about the mom, the wife? Where, mm-hmm. where, where is she? Is is oh. she the more like the old, um, old ways, or is she embracing technology like the husband? Embracing technology. I'm looking over because she's there now. She's making some dinner for 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 the for for Bunso. Um, <laughs> does she embrace technology? Yeah. Uh, to a certain extent, um, her kitchen gadget, she's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Rats. Give your mom Hello. a big hug for me. All right, I have I, another question about uh, music and vinyls. Well, it's, no, no, it's actually about the dogs, right? Have did 
Lemon and uh, Bailey ever tried to eat one of those vinyls or probably play around <laughs> with it? I'm just curious. That's more for you. Um, no, I don't know how, but I got Lemon at eight weeks and he was the perfect puppy. Never chewed anything up, never destroyed anything. Maybe used the bathroom inside twice total. Just a, an angel dog. It was crazy. <laughs> Okay. And how does the so, dogs fit into your lifestyle right now? Yeah. Um, right now, um, well, Lemon adjusted to city life pretty quickly last year. So he came from Texas. He flew over. Um, didn't have grass to accessible to him every morning and every evening. But um, he's loving life now because I'm home 24-7. So <laughs> he gets 24-7 attention. Um, he can bug me for food all day. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a really needy dog, so I think he's loving it. <laughs> and the, the dogs are, they're, are, are they kind of enjoy each other's company because we all live in in one building here. We're all one family, but in one building, and so we have a little bit of communal space downstairs and on the roof. So there's four dogs in the building. There's one little toy poodle, and then there's a miniature <laughs> schnauzer. And then there's Bailey and there's Lemon. So the Schnauzer is a Schnauzer and Bailey are also very good friends. They play differently to the way Bailey and um, and Lemon are together. Um, but the Schnauzer will come. The Schnauzer lives one floor up. Once in a while, it's like a little kid in an apartment building going to say, "Can my friend come out to play?" <laughs> um, Oreo will just come down. Used to hear a solitary rip at the front door and Oreo's there <laughs> calling for Bailey and then they'll go upstairs and they'll run around for a bit on the roof and burn up some energy oh did she yeah, yeah it's just so funny she actually just comes down to call for them which is the funniest thing oh my gosh I, I I wish to have a, like a 24-hour camera just to see what my dog's doing when I'm not home but speaking of which um Shannon I was speaking to your mom uh I was actually messaging your mom yesterday and she said, she um, told me a, a little story that really touched me about your trip to the cemetery. Oh, yesterday. yeah. <laughs> yes. I have a, I have a cemetery dog. His name is Randy. Um, so last year when we, when my late grandfather passed, we spent quite a lot of time at the cemetery as you do in the Philippines. Um, and there was this one dog that was always super sweet and I fed him a couple of times. And then after that first day, he was my shadow. He would recognize the car when it arrived and he'd be waiting for me. Um, so I haven't seen him since. I think January this year and I did not expect him to remember remember me at all he's really well taken care of there by his family um but as soon as I got out of this car I just heard this it, you would have thought this dog was dying he was screaming so loud and he was just in pure excitement overjoyed that it was his car and he recognized it and I came out of it and he was it stuck to me like glue the whole day, wasn't it? I mean, it, was, it was amazing. I was out of the car already and I heard this little this little dog going absolutely nuts. So I thought, what's going on? What's going on? And he was just just so excited. And then he just wouldn't leave Shannon's side the whole time we were there. It's incredible. Lovely little dog, isn't it? Yeah, Brandy's lovely little dog. Well, do you guys have any questions for Coach? Since we have a dog behavioral ther spe oh, specialist here. <laughs> Therapist. <laughs> specialist. Um, yeah, uh, poor Bailey. Let's not embarrass her. <laughs> no, Bailey, so Bailey is... Um, she took a little bit longer to train than some, than some that we've had. And I just think that she's overexcitable. Overexcitable. Like if she, if she gets really, really excited, she might have a little accident inside. It's not, it's not that common now, but it's almost like she can't control herself when she gets super excited. I'm hoping she grows out of it. Otherwise, she's just got a weak bladder, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hello. How young is Bailey coach? again? She's not yet two. 
Well, generally for dogs at that age, they will probably mature and probably have more control over their bladder. And even some adult dogs, even though they're adult and they have a full-grown bladder, they might still get excited. So it depends on the excitability of a dog. So my suggestion is not to hype the dog too much because that's what usually triggers uh, those accidents. So I, I think... It's normal. So what you're going through is normal. So same thing with everybody who's listening to the podcast. If your dog would pee just by seeing you, they're just happy. They just have no control. So you can't do anything about the dog, but you can help them control that uh, involuntary bladder release um, or pee. Okay. Involuntary <laughs> pee. Um, be- just chill okay as soon as you get home yeah. ignore your dog for the first few minutes especially when they're very excited some dogs who are very <laughs> excited or anxious or maybe scared they, they would really pee just for appeasement so it, it's not it's a bad manner uh, looking at the human perspective but for dogs perspective that's a peace offering so you can just look <laughs> at that okay uh-huh. She's much much better now, but if she yeah. if she got if she got given um there was one particular toy that belongs to Lemon that she's every time I go down to Shannon's apartment she hunts for it and she's desperate to get it and if she finds it and then you realize she's got it and you try to take it away from her um, yeah that's a that's a recipe for disaster but she's much better than she was say six months ago. Oh, yeah. replica of the toy she was obsessed with last week. I came home and surprised her with it. All bets were off. Yeah, it was just too much. She'd been <laughs> she'd been she'd been after this particular toy for for months, so she lost it. <laughs> All right. Well, I can't wait to meet. I Bailey think it's time. Let's uh, let's uh, go on and do the zoomies, Tina. So. <laughs> I think we briefed you before the show started about the Zoomy. So, Shannon, John, are you ready? Yes. Let's play the Zoomies round. (laughs) First question. What's the best way to pick up dog poop? (laughs) Reverse the plastic bag. Scoop. Yeah. Flip. Double bag. (laughs) Double bag. (laughs) Scoop and flip. Yeah, <laughs> coach. Which uh, oh, sorry, which feels better when you're picking it up, warm or cold? Oh, <laughs> definitely cold. Prefer if it's been there a little while. <laughs> Shed it. Uh, no preference. <laughs> okay. Okay. If you were a dog, what breed are you? Who wants to go first? What breed am I? Gosh, I have no idea. Um, I think I'm a pit bull. <laughs> I look intimidating to some people, but I'm actually very nice, and I'm very motivated by food. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's a pit bull. Husky, quite solitary. I have no idea. I'm just gra- grabbing the first thing that comes into my head. <laughs> All right, husky it is. Next, um, do an imitation of your dog's bark. So, Lyman and Bailey's bark. Well, you have to go first because it, it was a, it was probably only in the last three months that we actually heard Bailey bark. We didn't actually think she no could. Bark. No way. No. But Lemon, Lemon will do it on command. Really? Really? <laughs> Speak. Speak. Oh, one more. Oh. Wow, perfect. <laughs> now, now, Shannon, you have to copy that. I can't do it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, John. Well, she doesn't bark much. She, she, she's a this little bit of a highness <laughs> in her voice because she's, she's usually if, if Lemon really barks. She'll do one bark, and then she's got this look on her face, like, "What are we barking at? What, what, what's going on?" <laughs> oh, you know what? Um, just a little bit of trivia. I love that because uh, that fits the um, the list of behaviors 
that is best suited for golden retrievers. There are actually a lot of golden retrievers now who barks a lot, which is contrary to what they were really bred. Oh, that's which interesting. Is no barking. Okay. okay. Anyway, wow. move on to okay. the next question. Have Tina. time or have more money? Have, sorry, you broke up a little bit, Tina. Yeah. Have have time or have more money? Well, I've got all the time in the world right now, so some more money would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Go, girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I suppose any if you'd have asked that question pre-COVID, anybody would have said more time, right? Yeah. Because we were we were all time poor. Things seem to have gone a little bit back to, back to front in in so many aspects these days. Okay. Know all the world's languages or speak with animals or dogs. Oh, speak with animals or dogs. I'd love to love to know what they're thinking. Yeah, me too. I'd love to have a conversation with them. Oh. Oh. Okay. If animals could talk, which do you think would be the rudest? <laughs> um, skunks. I don't know those little small dogs with the bug eyes and so on. I think they. Shalas. I think they'd be really, really obnoxious. <laughs> You're the second guest who said that. Chihuahuas. <laughs> Chihuahuas. I mean, I can yeah. just imagine them swearing and saying, oh, "Somebody give me a cigarette," and just being really messed up. Right. <laughs> I love it. Uh, hold on. Uh, which animal do you think would be the most polite? Um, Persian cat, maybe, or uh, uh, some one of the big cats. <laughs> I think an otter. Otters are quite sweet. <laughs> That's interesting. Lake puppies. Oh, cool. <laughs> What is next question is what is one animal that you are really afraid of? Bugs. Anything in particular? Just in general, bugs? Oh, um, she's always been freaked out by birds. Yeah, I don't I think it was oh. it stemmed from ostriches evolved into um watching Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds Too Young and it <laughs> grew into a full blown phobia as I got older. Oh, I can't think of an animal off the top of my head that I'm scared of. How about dog? <laughs> what dog breed are you afraid of? None. Not None. None. No, I think I think you've only got to be scared of dogs if you don't know how to treat them. Or yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Next, sunrise or sunset. Oh, sunset. Sun sunset. I very rarely see sunrise. The only time I'm going to see sunrise is if I haven't been to bed yet. Yeah, if I see sunrise, <laughs> I know it's going to be a rough day. <laughs> <laughs> now, would you rather read minds or see into the future? I'll take the future. I'd probably read minds so I could read the minds of the super billionaires of the world and somewhat predict the future that way. <laughs> yeah, that would do. I like that. Mm-hmm. Always late or always early? Early. For the most part, I'm early. I've had, always had an obsession about or not wanting to be late, yeah. which often got me in, not in trouble here, but um, when I used to do a lot of showbiz stuff here and I'd always be on time or a little bit early and I'd be sitting there by myself for an hour or so, but I never <laughs> did. I still want to be on time for things, with the exception of today, but that was with Tina's permission. So thank you. <laughs> now, if she you gave can me borrow... a little bit of extra time to eat, so thank you. Oh my God. Anything we can do for you guys. If you can borrow one uh, quality of a dog, what would it be? Sorry, you broke up a little bit. One one quality of a dog, was it? Mm -hmm. What would it be if you can borrow one quality of a dog? Maybe their emotional uh, intelligence. You know, they can really tell when someone's sick or sad or just needs a little bit of extra attention that day. I was going to say something really appropriate, but I better not. <laughs> do it! <laughs> Go! Do it, John! <laughs> what do they say about a dog when they... when they? Why does a dog lick there? Because they can. 
Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, All right. I didn't beat it. This is funny. That's funny, though. You're <laughs> coach. That is interesting. Really? Okay. If you could go back when you were just starting, what advice would you give yourself? I can go first. Yeah, please. Please. I got no idea. So, my, uh, we're talking career wise, just starting. Yeah, whether career or yeah. advice to your own self. Yeah, for me, I guess it's not so established yet, but I would definitely go back to probably 14 or 15-year-old Shannon and just say, relax, enjoy being young, don't grow up too fast, and don't think about milestones so much. And I think that's what I would tell myself and other people um, at that age now. Caitlin is about that age now, yeah? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it's it's nice to know that her Ati Shannon's guiding her properly then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't I don't have an answer for you. That's okay. Um, I I started everything so young. I started at twelve and was playing in clubs when I was at fifteen and I don't I I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't so I wouldn't want to go back and say something that might change stuff. Wait, you you were inside the club already at fifteen. How did you even get in there? Are you I even was allowed? In the club. I had my first club gig the day before my sixteenth birthday. Wow! I was have not allowed hand- to be in there, but I was DJing. Have you been handed a beer? No, no, I didn't drink anything, but um, <laughs> I was, but I did. I was working. Wow, that's awesome! And of course, coach. All right, let's uh, ask the most co- important question of the Zoomies round: Who is the dog behind the human for John and Shannon? Oh, the dog behind me. So let's let's bring her over, Bailey. Come here, come here, come here. Oh, there you Bailey. go. Oh my God. Bailey. 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 <laughs> she's all, all right. She's all lemon, so she's she's taken off, but they're they're on the way over, both of them. All right, why Bailey? What's that? Why why Bailey? Yes. Oh, oh they disappeared. Hold on. A little bit of technical here. We lost them. All right. So guys, hey, uh, thank you so much for everybody who is uh live watching the live stream. Um oh, again, our Mama She's always okay. Oh, they're back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for everybody who's watching the live stream. Again, our hosts, I mean, our guests is John and Shannon Robinson. So we're having so much fun talking to them. And they're back. So let's bring them back to the live stream. And All right. Sorry about um, that. So so this is this is Bailey oh, here. Bailey. And um, I must have banged the phone, and that's Lemon over there. Were you asking why Bailey? What's the name? Or just why why did we choose her? Why did you choose Bailey? I'm pretty sure you've had other dogs before, but why did you choose Bailey as the dog um, behind? John I went Robinson? out to um, Bulacan and met, you know, there was a there was a litter there and I went to see her and she was just like the the sweetest little thing. She was a little bit quieter than the other ones. She was not as sort of not as boisterous. Actually, she probably pretty much stayed the same. She's kind of chill, but um, she just seemed the right one. Seemed to be seemed to be a connection there. Um, so yeah, that's why. Oh, and, and Shannon, Shannon, who is the dog behind the human? The one that you can see is Lemon, and then the one that's always behind me is Belle, my dog of eight years. So it's hard to talk about. So I'm just gonna say Lemon here. He was, he's the one I told you about, the shelter boy. He was the runt of the litter. He had 24 hours to live. So he is the best boy. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for your time. John, could, could, could you invite our viewers to Sanctuary? Thank and- you so much, Tina. I'd love to. Um, yes, we do Sanctuary. Now, this weekend's a little bit different because it's Halloween. And we've been doing, we've been doing free gigs for, um, well... Last weekend was show number 90. So we've done 90 free gigs since quarantine started. So this week it's a little bit different. Doing a show on Halloween where um, we're actually charging admission this week. It's 200 pesos. We're keeping it, you know, affordable and easy entry and all. 
but on regular weekends, you can join us free every Friday, Saturday night at 9 p.m. on twitch.tv forward slash official DJ John Robinson. And then we go again on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. because that's prime time in U.S. and Canada. Uh, same web address. That's why he's always tired on the weekends, coach. It's a time right. difference. <laughs> and and she, yeah, um, just a quick note. I think the Twitch platform is really best suited for playing music because Facebook and YouTube won't allow it. You get yeah. copyright, copyright issues. issues. Yeah, you always get cut off there, and that's we've we've migrated all of our viewers over to Twitch, so um, it's stable. And so I could do an eighteen-hour stream there and not get cut off once on Twitch. So yeah, Twitch is Twitch rocks. <laughs> okay. Shannon, anything, uh, anything you want to share with us? Like, um, I know you have projects that were put on hold, or yeah, lots of projects on hold. But if you want to see. Uh, more of Lemon and I, we vlog our life on YouTube. It's just Shannon Robinson, Philippines, and there are a lot of home vlogs of the family on there. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Bailey. Okay, thank you so much, Coach. That's it for the show. Yeah. And right. I'm very thankful for your time, guys. Oh, thank you and for having us. Cool. And that was John and Shannon Robinson, uh, legendary music DJ, Follow them on Twitch and also on their YouTube channel. When there are dogs and music, people have a good time. Amy Lou Harris. That's it for today's episode. You can catch Dog Behind the Human on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms. Be sure to follow our social media pages at Dog Coach Francis on Instagram, Facebook, and on YouTube. You can also follow Tina Ryan on Facebook with handle name Tina Ryan or on Instagram with the Tina Ryan. And so, like we always say, keep healthy, keep safe, and don't forget to pet your dog.